Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Badass Women's Hour. We are here on the last Tuesday of every month, so do look out for our future events. You might be wondering why I am slightly overdressed in comparison to the panel. (laughs) It's because I forgot what event we were doing this month, and I thought we were doing next month's event, which is on sex. (laughs) You can come to next month instead, and who knows what I will be wearing. My name is Harriet Minter, and I'm going to be chairing tonight's discussion. I'm going to let our lovely panel introduce themselves in just a second. But tonight we are talking about health and fitness, and particularly the health and fitness industry and the boom in wellness that is happening at the moment. And you all look beautifully bright and shiny and healthy and fit, and that's clearly why you're here. But in case you feel a little bit too inspired by the health and fitness now, know that there will be drinks and nibbles to counteract it afterwards. (laughs) And they'll be happening in the bar downstairs, just on the first floor. Um, Also, just a few things about tonight, about our running order. So um, we do actually have a lovely filmographer filming us tonight and taking pictures. And we are also recording this for our podcast. There is a question and answer session. So feel free to ask brilliant, inspiring questions or just questions. Um, But be aware that you are being recorded. So, I mean, I would say anything, but like it's up to you where your boundaries are. Um, So we are going to kick off and I'm going to start by letting our panel introduce themselves. And we're going to start to my right. Hi, I'm I'm Chelsea. I run um, a chocolate brand called Well and Happy. And it's a healthier version of chocolate because we don't use dairy, gluten or um, fine sugar. So we kind of class it around the fact that it's chocolate that loves you back. Which is, I mean, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. (laughs) Actually, I was going to say something inappropriate, but I'll say that. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Um, my name is Naomi White. I am the founder of Naomi White Communications, which is me. And I'm also an instructor at Boom Cycle Spinning Studios in Holborn and Shoreditch. If anyone's been down to check us out. Anyone been to Boom? Come on. Carry go, it's great. Don't be scared. It is really good. Naomi runs five classes a week, which I just find terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Emma. I'm the founder of Make Your Words Work, a design agency, and also the co-founder of Flock, which is a network for entrepreneurs. Um, I'm Julie Montague, and um, first of all, I always have to say that I'm a mom of four, because that is the most important thing that I do right now. So I'm a mom of four. Um, I'm a yoga instructor in London, 
and um, I've written a couple cookbooks, and I'm on an incredibly vacuous, tacky TV show in America <laughs> called Ladies of London. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is such great watching, honestly. <laughs> um, the only, also the only woman who's ever written a cookbook that actually made me enjoy tofu, so I can highly recommend it because it is delicious. <laughs> And I'm Natalie Campbell, uh, another one of the, the Badass hosts, and I run an agency called A Very Good Company. And this morning we launched the Badass Principle, which is the gym class for the mind and soul. So it's not a fully physical body workout, but it's something to get your mind going in the morning and get your mind sort of rested and relaxed with bubbles in the evening. Uh, we do it here at the W Hotel um, on Tuesdays, and I can share more details later, but... I'm definitely on this panel thinking about the mind bit of, of the health and wellness. Yeah. Um, so if you've been to these before, you know that we always start by asking our panel for some stuff that's caught their eyes in the news this week. So we'd like to find out a little bit more about them, what they're interested in. So we're going to start with you, Julie. Tell us what have you Great. been thinking about this week? So my this week for me um, was like probably the biggest news event ever to happen in, since 1908 in America. <laughs> Does anybody know what that is? Anybody? Okay, so obviously I'm American, <laughs> and this like brought me to tears, and I was crying. My kids were like, what is wrong with mommy? She's crying. <laughs> She's so upset, but I wasn't. It was happy tears because the Chicago Cubs, the baseball team that I grew up on, <laughs> The world's biggest losing team. I'm talking world's biggest. They are the biggest losing team in the entire world against every single sport, not just baseball, but like every sport. They have not won the World Series since 1908. They won. They didn't win the World Series, but they got into the World Series. So they got into the World Series. This is, they won the National League pennant, so they start tomorrow night playing the Cleveland Indians. And when I was a little girl, I obviously grew up outside Chicago, and I would go to baseball games with my grandfather and my dad. We were a huge, huge baseball family, massive. And my best memories growing up were eating hot dogs. And oh, I know we're talking about health and fitness, but I did. <laughs> I ate hot dogs and big pretzels and Coca-Cola um, and watching the Chicago Cubs. And it was just one tragic year after another that they lost. And so they finally, they're in the World Series. It's like all of America is behind the Chicago Cubs. Aww, so that's my big news event. So I still have this thing where sports that happen in America are the world. So the world championships, but it only happens in America. Oh, no, 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 no. Canada. So Canada's in there as well. Canada. And also, Japan? Is Japan in the world no. series as well? Oh, no, I don't know. No. We just think we're special. We're special. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. We are obviously also truly rooting for the Chicago Cubs doing whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's um, there's a piece around Unilever, who's, who's a kind of big brand, and they've actually just bought um, Seventh Generation in the US, which is an eco-friendly brand, which also owns Jessica Alba's Honest brand that's kind of just launched. Um, and I guess kind of not just specifically that, but there are a lot more companies now buying into different wellness health spaces, Nestle being one of them. And it's just very interesting how they're really opening up to this space and they're realising that their consumers are opening up to this space and that they're going to have to do something about it. So how do we feel about that? Is that, is that a good thing? Are they going to be able to... Because a lot of those companies are founded on some quite strong ethical principles. Can you keep those principles when you've been bought by the likes of Unilever? 
potentially not. Um, but I think that what it does do is it opens it up, opens up the category to more people. Um, I mean, we all know that it's a booming industry, but there are so many people that kind of it's such a daunting industry. And I think if there's more of the bigger brands that are kind of offering health and wellness, even just a even just a touch, it it just makes it a bit more accessible to everybody. I wonder that changed perception of the brand though, because mm. now you've told me that Unilever are buying. Brands. Yeah. Suddenly you're like, oh, the lovely story of where Jessica mm-hmm. Alba set it up from. Yeah. You know, like founder stories are always, they feel authentic. Like, you know, you started your chocolate company. I'm sure you started that because you had, you know, lots of, you know, a point of view and oh, something that you wanted to put out in the world. So I'm just like, oh, that does, I just, dis- I immediately disconnect with a brand when I hear they've been bought mm. by something like Unilever or Nestle. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely felt Audience like poll. How many of you would think differently about buying a product that you thought was honest or good if you knew it was actually owned by a big global, basically a corporate organisation? Not saying that they're bad. Oh my God, like, Mm. that's probably nearly everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I do just want to challenge that. Like, so I have another little poll. How many of you bought anything from Innocent recently? Oh, actually, okay. So I thought I thought I was going to trick our audience. I thought you were going to say Mars bar. That was terrible. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't think it has like flavour wise. I have. I have had the odd one if I. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think it has. But it's, yeah, it's that brand connection, yeah. isn't it? And you feel mm-hmm. like I don't know if I, when I was buying it before because it's a startup. You feel like you're supporting mm-hmm. that company and you make yeah. that choice because you believe in what they're doing. So you're kind of voting with your purchase. But now they're owned by Coca Cola. I'm like, well, I don't really want to give Coca Cola my money. Thanks. No. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise as well that these massive corporations actually are like, they're an umbrella for so many different brands. Like some of them are very hidden and secretive about it, I guess for that very reason to have people to buy into their story. Um, As an extreme example, like the Estee Lauder group, how many, um, if you were to walk around Debenhams, for example, and have a look at Laura Mercier and all of the different makeup brands, actually they're all owned by the same company. Like those products that you're buying into are produced probably in the same factory they're no different one is probably 20 pounds and the other is 110 like that's what the realization of the industry is just consumers knowledge just isn't quite there and I only know this and probably you guys probably only know this because of your jobs and how you have explored the industry and learned about it but to the average person like my mum I bring my mum into everything by the way. <laughs> um, she has no idea like she's literally baffled when I tell her like yeah, so that company's owned by that company already and they work together and they're produced in the same factory and I think that it all comes down to that as well. Yeah, but actually Estee Lauder, I always used to buy Estee Lauder brand because I knew that because mm-hmm. we used to do design work for them so I knew, and Creme de la Mer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well if they've got the tech for Creme de la Mer, <laughs> they must put it in there slightly cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what we Naomi's just reminded me because you talked about your mum and we were talking earlier and Naomi says her mum always follows her on like Facebook Live and everything like that um, which has reminded me that I should tell you if you're tweeting tonight our hashtag is what she said and we will also be picking up questions from that as well as we go along so um, Naomi tell us what has grabbed your attention this month my, yeah, mine is with this month, not this week um, so in Cosmo this month there was an article I don't know if anyone's read Cosmo this month anyone? 
Um, there was an article with a blogger and influencer called Emily Levine. She uh, basically told her story on how she has an e or had an eating disorder and has overcome it. Um, and that she was an influencer to other people while suffering with this and basically her journey. Uh, I think it's an amazing thing that all of the influencers are coming out with their problems and helping other girls to give them knowledge and support because many, many years ago it probably wasn't a very good friend of mine actually had an eating disorder and I was talking to her about it earlier and she said she felt she felt very lost when, when she was overcoming hers because there was no one really to talk to and no sources of information. I the play on this is what, what I'm getting to is the fact that the media now play on how great the health and wellness industry is, but they actually put a negative spin on these these girls' stories to make it sound like the health and fitness industry is plagued with people with eating disorders and making basically the health and fitness industry into a negative space when actually once you're immersed in it, it's a very positive space. People work out to feel great, they work out for their mind, their body, their soul. Um, obviously there are people with various different issues and problems but unfortunately the media always have to pick up on the small part of things and make it into a, a bigger epidemic than actually it is. So I guess my, my point is there are those issues out there that actually the health and fitness industry, everyone needs to be championing each other and not basically making everyone believe that being into health and fitness and being really into certain things means that you have a disorder. Okay, so. It's a really good point, and it's going to bring us into our wider discussion. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, really, is kind of that health and fitness industry and what all our panellists have kind of learned about it and their experiences of it. Um, so I wanted to start with, like, a kind of open question, which is when we talk about the health and fitness industry, and specifically to three ladies, did you realise that that's what you were getting into when you started your career, Julie? I mean, no. I was like... I mean, I started, I feel like way back when, but I, I fell in love with yoga. That's really my story. I fell in love with yoga and I basically would fly her around Wandsworth with, at the time with my two-year-old in his push chair and stick it in people's letterboxes, even the ones that said no junk mail. They thanked me <laughs> afterwards. And for me, I just loved what yoga did again for my body, for my mind and for my health. And so I didn't even realize that I was getting into this whole health, wellness, fitness. But again, this is about eight years ago that this all kicked off. And then obviously, I think being a yoga instructor, when you go to a yoga class, um, even if you're an instructor or not, you talk, you talk about food, like what did you bring for lunch? What are you eating? And it just got progressively more and more and more than kind of in everybody's faces. And you do, you know, to be honest, do I feel better when I have a green juice? Yes. I probably feel better when I have a green juice than when I eat something that's probably not that good for me. But do I still eat French fries and drink champagne? Yeah, they're my two vices and I love them and I'm going to have them tonight. But do you know me? But I think it's, I didn't really know that it was, it, it was happening. My career happened purely on the fact that I had four kids and I loved yoga so much because I felt like I came home and I was a better mother and a better wife after doing yoga. 100%. That's where it, it um, started. So Chelsea, is that, so you had a different route. So you like left a corporate job, you knew where you were going. Tell yeah. us about that. 
Um, so for me, I think I was seeing the, the kind of health and wellness industry in um, LA and in Australia really booming, and I was gutted that it wasn't here, and this was years ago, um, and spent a very long time in, in the corporate world. And then when it finally started to sort of emerge in London, it just got me really excited, and I just wanted to jump ship and be part of it. So left the corporate ship. And tell us how you got into chocolate. <laughs> um, I actually was going to set up a cafe, um, that was kind of how I started and through lots of different reasons that um, didn't end up happening but um, through a lot of the food stuff that I'd done, um, the chocolate basically um, ended up being kind of the consistent you know, winner in everybody's eyes because who doesn't love chocolate? Um, well, I did meet a few people at the weekend that genuinely don't like chocolate. <laughs> it's really odd. Um, <laughs> um, but I was doing a, a much bigger range and, um, and actually the chocolate ended up kind of being the, the biggest seller and what everybody wanted. And I think what, you know, what I've come to realise and I think what a lot of people come to realise in the health and wellness space is there's such a need for balance. Um, and to your point as well, there's such a need for balance and chocolate, you know, whilst um, it's still chocolate um, and people love the indulgence of it and they love the, the moment of, of savouring a chocolate bar um, and I really like to be in a space that encourages that. Yeah. And so did you see it as, you talk about being in a space that encourages that and how there was this industry booming in LA and Australia um, and it has really started to boom here, I think it's like the fastest growing industry in the UK mm. at the moment, right? So is that, does that mean that you become a little bit more cynical about the choices that you're making for your business or is it still is it still about health and wellness and is that the principal goal or do you have to become a bit more hard-nosed about it um i think you do have to become slightly more hard-nosed about it um from a common sense perspective i had what did i have the other day it was um, i went to jasmine helmsley's cafe the ayurvedic cafe and we had these um incredible golden spoons and I just remember thinking oh these are just amazing and, and then it got me thinking like these are not the sort of thing that you could bring to to product I always think like that now obviously because I'm in it but these are not the sort of things that you can bring to products and retail and and it kind of got me thinking you know you do have to have some practicalities around it but for me it's really important to ensure that my values um, and why I started the company stay at the heart of the company because otherwise it's not it's not well and happy for me. Sorry, can I just say for the non-healthy people in here that still go to McDonald's, what's a, uh, a, 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 I think a that one, cafe, and what's a golden spoon? <laughs> Good question. Um, Ayurvedic um, practices comes from um, India, um, and it's basically... It's in like yoga. Um, it kind of plays into yoga, yoga, yeah, uh, but it's, it's a lifestyle, so it's like how um, your different sort of... Doshas. Yeah, doshas and how how they kind of feed into what you eat. And I just say like, we're, 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 we're not connected to much. No. <laughs> a really good example is let's say one day you're feeling like spacey and like like you're up in the clouds, right? You're just like your energy is like all over the place. The Arabic way would be like, okay, you need to eat something that's grounding. Okay. So let's get you like a good potato, leek, and carrot soup because that is those are vegetables from too grounded and you're like sludgy and lethargic yeah. and all that stuff then they're like you need to spring to life let's have a salad let's have something like <laughs> that's how they think that's what champagne's for yes exactly we can find I'm sure we can find things at McDonald's too that would work there absolutely and a golden spoon is a golden spoon is turmeric blended with coconut 
raw honey and black pepper. Oh, yeah. Ooh, and, okay. just, and you down it as a shot. Yeah. yeah. It's very cleansing. Okay. Very cleansing. <laughs> Thank it doesn't taste that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about this outside as well, which is this oh. idea of like, when you're in that industry, everything has to be wonderful and bright and shiny and you have to it's bite like, into it all. No. Not everything tastes like rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. Like, I have a matcha green tea every morning and I was convincing all of these ladies that actually it is the best thing. The feeling is the best thing. The concentration I get after this is the best thing. Drinking it is like drinking the pond water from my backyard. <laughs> like, it's not nice. It's something that you bear with and then you're like, okay, it makes me feel a bit better. Having said that, there are some good cafes in London that do a good matcha latte. I'm not, not bashing it, but if you mix it with water, it tastes like pure, yeah. pure grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were just having a chat about the fact that actually everyone that is really ingrained into health and wellness are like, oh my God, this green juice tastes so good. And I'm like, no, it literally tastes like celery. <laughs> like, it doesn't taste that nice. It's not like drinking hot chocolate, let's be honest. But we do it for the, obviously the good feeling. And um, we do some other stuff for the good feelings. So yeah. We do a spin class for the good feeling. I mean, my personally, my spin class good feeling is the feeling that I get when I get off the bike. The end of the game. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But how did you get into that? Um, why do you keep doing it? Um, so I actually got into the health and fitness industry through a personal um, illness of my own. I've got Crohn's disease, and a while ago I had an operation, various things, and I was I wasn't like the most unhealthy individual. I had quite a few McDonald's every Sunday <laughs> after a night out. Uh, and I just, I got to a point where I knew I needed to make a change and actually London was sort of kicking off in the health and wellness scene and I was, I thought to myself, okay, what can I do? Um, and at the time I worked at an agency and I decided that it was a great idea to do a London triathlon with a couple of my clients and journalists. It's not that nice swimming in the Thames, I can <laughs> uh, but we actually, I introduced everyone to Hilary and Robert Rowland who own Boom Cycle as a way of us training for the triathlon and the feeling that I got when I went to Boom Cycle was a feeling like no other, I can't describe it. You're in a dark studio, the music's so loud, you can literally just zone out, your stresses are just like immediately gone. Don't get me wrong, it's hard work. <laughs> Halfway through, you'll probably think, oh my God, I literally want to kill myself right now. Or that girl that's on that bike screaming at me because she is talking at the same time. <laughs> but it's the feeling that you get afterwards. When you walk out of that room, it's a feeling like no other. It's like someone has literally just stripped you of all of your stresses and you're like, right, I don't even care whether the asshole in the office is going to have a go at me when I get back. Like, it's, it's just an amazing feeling. And the feeling that I got made inspired me to want to be an instructor. Um, my first class that I took was with Hilary, who owns Boom Cycle, and I can't describe her. She's literally like no other on a bike. She just lets loose. There are no boundaries. And uh, I just said to her one day, how can I get involved in Boom Cycle? Do I have to be a qualified PT? Do I have to go and literally learn how to be a spin instructor? And she was like, come and audition. And at the time, I had no rhythm and... <laughs> was like, I don't think I can do that. I can't even run to a garage down the road. Uh, auditioned, and then two months later, they trained me up, and I was a beam cycling instructor, and here I am two years later. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I love that it's an audition process. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Yes. What did you have to do? Very in much audition? an audition. Uh, I picked a track, um, and I got someone in, in my pure gym to, to train me in a few moves. They are not moves that we do now on the bike. I, I actually laugh at the fact that 
I tried to do like a human caterpillar on the bike. We don't do that. So yeah, you just have to choose a track or two, which it is now, um, and basically get on that platform, get on that bike, put your Britney Spears microphone on, and do your best. It's never going to be flawless. It's never going to be what it's going to be at, at the end of your training. But they just look for someone that has charisma and someone that can basically inspire others. And I guess, I hope they saw that in me. Uh, and yes, that, that's sort of how it went down. Great. So I want to pick up on your news story, which mm -hmm. is around the kind of the social media aspect. <laughs> Panel as a whole, do we think that the health and wellness industry could have boomed in the way that it has in the last few years if it wasn't for social media? It couldn't, or it could have done. It couldn't have done. I, I, totally up to you, my darling. You can pick either side. Oh, I, I, for me, the, the health and fitness has two aspects. I think there's one side which is kind of like, it's visual, it's well-being, it's tapping into a lifestyle. The other side is medic medic medicinal. So I've read and researched for a long time about food, and it's, you know, you never, if you go to the doctor, your doctor will give you drugs, where actually there's an awful lot that you can do in terms of changing your food, and that's always the first I always go see a nutritionist, it's my first point of call. My dad has cancer, so I saw a nutritionist and he is taking different supplements and I firmly believe they're having a massive impact on how well his drugs are working. So for me, there's this whole medicinal side of health and well-being that I think more people need to know about so they can empower themselves and take control of their health. But then there's a whole other side of it, which is about visual aesthetics, making you feel insecure and a bit shit about yourself. Mm -hmm. So the medicinal side, psychologically... That, to me, I think needs to boom, and we need to do nothing to dampen that, and we just need to encourage more people to take ownership of that. But the other side, I can, I can live with that. I think that goes back to my point when I was asking about, you know, what was the thing beginning with D? Connected to my chakras? Doshas. I think there is, there's still a side of it that is very much in the realm of people that are in health and fitness. And the bit that I think everyone else has become conscious of is the Instagram version, the Instagram's life. Well, not just Instagram, but the social media presented version of it. So the bowls of food where it's all colour-coded with chia seeds and fruit in the middle. A bit um, of bowl. That's a bit of bowl. A, a, bit, a, bit, a bit of bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Did you research that? No. <laughs> I made it, Alan. I made it I for your cookbook. <laughs> Bowls, or um, seeing people, you know, sweating and going through that experience, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because people being more conscious of their health and well-being is so important. I think the challenge is is when we aspire into this thing that isn't actually real. Mm. Um, I agree agree with you. We spinning. Vanessa dragged me. I was like, I do not get on bikes. I hadn't been on a bike since the age of eight. I was just like, it hurts my butt. Don't understand it. Fine, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would I do this to myself for an hour? It just looks like hell. Went to a class. It's only 45 minutes. It, I, it was. It was like an existential moment yeah. of, of of bliss. And now I'm slightly addicted, especially if they put on Beyonce running. Like that track of being on a bike. It's the it's ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> Like, gone to heaven moment. But um, could you have got yeah. that if we hadn't had no. this whole strong, not skinny... No, So, but I bought into what I bought into. It's Now it's part of a lifestyle. I like going to the gym that I go to because mm -hmm. of the way it looks and the fact that I can hang out at the bar afterwards and have mm -hmm. a glass of Prosecco. 
or drink mm. these juices. Which gym are you I going to? <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get special. Like, we do Prosecco Fridays, everyone. Yeah. After class at 6pm on a Friday, we crack out with the uh, Prosecco. It's exactly that. It's the lifestyle that I'm buying into in addition to the how I feel when I get off a bike. But I think that bit is dangerous because I don't know how long my commitment is based on that experience. Mm-hmm. When that experience changes, will my commitment change? Because mm-hmm. I haven't bought into the body bit yet. Yeah, I, you know, my background really is, I think, if, if you know a little bit about my story, my husband suffered massively from being misprescribed pharmaceutical drugs. So you can read about it at the Times. He told his story and it really affected um, our life for seven years and in, in, in an incredible amount um, being misprescribed. And, you know, we were lucky in the sense that he's, Still in the process of getting better, but he is much better. But you know what he's done is he's taken it kind of what you um, uh, were talking about before, and is is basically that you can you know food. It's like what hypocrisy says: let food be thy medicine, and thy medicine be thy food. And he's exactly right. And uh, it's really about finding the foods that can maybe they don't taste great. What Naomi was saying, but you know that they're doing something. Mm-hmm good for your body. I think for me, because we experienced it going through being fed drugs to my husband. Um, and you know, now he's got a huge charity set up and we're so anti-pharmaceutical that our kids don't even take paracetamol anymore. That we're like, no, it's the devil. Um, but so you're like, no, I'm going to take oil of oregano. I promise you. Um, so I think it's, um, for us, we experienced lived it. And so I do like food for their healing qualities. I think as far as Instagram goes, I mean, look at, I have an 18 year old, I have a 15 year old, I have a 12 year old, I have a nine year old, three out of four of them are on Instagram. And I have my 18 year old is she's a girl. She's my only girl. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, for her, I, and for me as well, I think it's very nice looking at Instagram and saying, and the, and the pictures are pretty and you do get to see the chia seeds and the goji berries and the avocado on toast and all that stuff. I think the thing that, that gets me on Instagram and it's, and it's because I also have an 18 year old is I simply do not like the before and after pictures. They drive me up a wall like before I was this and here I am in my bikini and the whole bikini and look at me. And how many of you actually look at that Instagram and you're like, wow, that's great for her. Good. She looks amazing. No, you probably look at that and you're like, okay, great. I feel like crap now. Do you know what I mean? You don't look at pictures of people in bikinis who are like, look at me and my amazing body. Now, you, I, I don't know anybody who looks at that and thinks, well, that made me feel really good. I'm going to feel great. It's And that, to me, plays into the whole negative side of what social media is, of what social media is doing to, you know, to body image. Mm-hmm. I think there's something came up ironically on my Instagram feed today, which is like, if, you, if scrolling through your Instagram feed is... You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Making you feel bad, stop. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to stop now. Turning it down. But there, there is that repression. The thing that sort of I think is really interesting is that there is this kind of food as medicine movement, which like, I buy into. I think it's important. But then there's also the flip of that, and it is like a thin line, which is food as control. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit about what you were saying earlier. Yeah. yeah. I think with any industry, there's always going to be a negative side and a positive side. The impact that social media has had on the fact is that health and wellness, a lot of it is is visual for a lot of people. So you will see transformations. People are healthier now. Subsequently, they might have lost some weight. They might have turned up in the gym. And that's how people are portraying this across social media. The thing with social media is that it's so accessible to everybody. You know everything about everybody. I always think of it like a lot of people now know that they're being cheated on by their boyfriend. The reason is because you can now stalk people. Literally stalk them on everything. Yeah. If you can't find something, you can <laughs> Or in my case, you know, you're going out with somebody who's got a girlfriend because they're on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> this is my point. Oh, yeah. And if you want to find something out we'll about someone... We'll hear next month. <laughs> if you want to find something out about someone, it's out there somewhere. The thing about social media is that Instagram especially is a visual thing. People see it as a platform for basically promoting themselves and showing off what they've got. You don't put a picture up on Instagram of your sloppy dinner that you've had that looks really unhealthy. You, of course, put up your avocado on toast that you've had for breakfast. It's basically, Instagram is like everyone's ideal world, apart from Deliciously Stella, I think her name is, which is just hilarious. Love her. (laughs) So I think that the two sort of come hand in hand. The reason that there is a negative... Um, perception of any industry, especially the health and wellness industry, is because of the impact of social media. That's my personal view. And we're going to come to you guys for questions in a little bit, but I just, before we do that, I want to ask you guys, talk a little bit about kind of the, the industry as a whole. What's it like as a community when you're in it? Is it a fun place to work? Because there's like a lot of people in one space. How does that work out for a lot of female entrepreneurs? Um, coming from the corporate world, um, it was the most collaborative, inspirational, lovely community of people. Um, it really is like the best industry to be in. I, I, I genuinely haven't met anybody that isn't authentic and lovely and warm and, you know, wants to help each other out. And that's what's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good to hear, especially because it's like a health and wellness. Mm. I like that. But then I'm starting to think, actually, but what happens when you start to get these big brands involved? Are you going to start to get that kind of corporate, you know, because I only mm. think that Unilever are investing in Honest because they see an opportunity to make lots of money, not because yeah. they're like, oh, well, this is a great brand that we should bring to the masses, you know. <laughs> so I'm interested, yeah, it's good to It's hear. an education piece, definitely. And I think, like, for the people that aren't in health and wellness, this kind of these big brands coming on and taking on these um, these sort of smaller health and wellness brands is a good way to open the door. But I think that the more people that are getting into the kind of deep rooted health and wellness scene are wanting to be more educated. And I think we're definitely seeing a shift of people that are kind of like, I don't just want to make avocado on toast now. I want to understand more about it, more about food, more about you know what suits me. And hopefully, the more people that do that, the more that will breed, and it will just kind of create a better culture. Emma, is there kind of somebody who runs Flock, which is um, a network for founders? Do you think that is specific to the health and wellness industry, or is that actually is that more of an entrepreneurial mindset, and that's what we see in that industry a lot? Uh, what that sort of that sort of wellness and health and wellness? No, that like. more kind of collaborative. Let's all support each other. Yeah, I, th- I I get that a lot. I, I don't know, the, the kind of bubble that I operate in is I only really work and hang out with people who have that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two schools of thought. I've definitely met people who are not so collaborative and not so supportive, but, you know, that's the lovely thing about having your own business is that you can connect and, you know, gravitate towards those people. And when you meet the people who aren't, you can kind of go, okay, yeah. well, you know, we won't hang out. So, yeah, I think you can cultivate a culture, but yeah. some industries are just don't have that culture. I mean, you're in PR. PR is like quite competitive and quite... I used to be a fashion PR. It's it's very different. And one of the reasons I actually left fashion PR was very much because of that, because everyone I met or everyone I worked for, no one seemed to want to work together. No one wanted to help each other. It was almost like a bullying industry, if I'm honest. Um, And I felt like it affected me personally, and that's not who or what I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. So... I felt really inspired when I got into health and fitness and especially teaching at Boom Cycle because actually we should all be championing each other and like to this day like I love helping other people I love seeing people at Boom Cycle transform themselves other freelance people that are now agencies that want to be freelance PRs email me all the time saying can I just come and pick your brains like you've done it can I find out your journey and I'm like yeah sure and they always every time I meet them they're like I can't believe you're actually sat here telling me all of this. You're like opening your secrets. Yeah. I'm like, it's not a secret. Yeah. Like I figured it out for myself. I'm just helping you along the way. And if I can make someone else's life easier and better, then why not? So you're kind of reinventing your PR, a different part of the PR. Leading in the way. way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're opening it up to questions. Stick your hands in the air. Who would like to have our first question of the night? Can I put a question out to the audience first? Who in here wants to start their own health slash fitness business? Okay. Okay, we'll so then, picking on you first. Yeah, what <laughs> I, saw, I saw you go like, what does that mean? <laughs> does anyone want to actually share what their product or idea is? And I, the, I would say the first rule of entrepreneurship is that entrepreneurs generally don't steal other people's shit. We always share. No one is going to execute your idea better than you. <laughs> it's in your head. It's completely your vision. So if your feeling is, it's, oh, someone's going to steal it, it's, Unless maybe it's a tech thing with massive IP, but <laughs> <laughs> I saw an aunt go up here. Yeah, that was yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I went. I already run my own business as a coach, but um, I went to New York um, and fell in love with a meditation studio there. I already meditate, and this was just the coolest place 
ever. Um, and now I want to set up London's first drop in meditation studio. So that's like a big amazing idea. idea. So um, yeah. yeah, it's Great. really inspiring. I love it. I'd love to. <laughs> Sign us up. Right. Uh, show of hands for anyone that wants to go to drop in meditation. I don't have uh, exactly a plan. I'm quite new to London. I'm one year here. I'm from Romania, and therefore I will start to study in January at the University of East London, positive of life thinking and coaching psychology. And um, I think it's going to be something related to meditation and to help your soul, body, spirit, mind, everything. Because what I see in London is so different from my country. People are so stressed in thinking. <laughs> and it's like they have two separate lives. Like from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 or 6, they are like very powerful men and women and business type and from six o'clock they are just drinking sets up a view of perfection that mm -hmm. some people feel is unattainable and I sometimes feel it's like becomes an all or nothing like either I manage to live on chia seeds and green juice and exercise every single day or nothing I'm going to go back to my risotto with my french fries. Mm -hmm. um, for me there's a really important thing to get to a point of being completely happy with who you are right now and choosing to make the changes from a good place not from a I'm broken I'm wrong I'm, there's something wrong with me and I'm curious whether the panel recognises that as well, but also what we can start to do to shift it so that people are doing it because they, people are making changes, um, working on their wellness, you know, looking after their own well-being from a place of, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm wrong or I'm bad or I'm, there's nothing wrong with me at the moment, but just because it's a thing I want to do and I choose to do it. I think definitely, obviously the whole thing with social media is it is just that everyone projects their perfect life on social media it's it's not a take on how much you drank on Saturday night yeah you'll see the pictures of everyone with their shots but it's not like oh my god I just drank like 5,000 calories in, in cocktails like I personally don't care about that but a, a lot of people probably do they're not going to put that on social media I think from where obviously being an instructor at Boom Cycle everyone 80% of the people that come to us don't necessarily have a problem as such like they're coming to just be better in themselves like this is what I, I was trying to say when with the media story is that not everyone has to have a problem to fix actually being into health and wellness is a really positive thing and something that we should all be on board with and championing and I feel like the media at the moment because it's such a, a focal point of the industry and something that everyone wants to get into are just they're trying to find that story in there they're trying to find that negative thing to be like oh my god so now that everyone's into health and fitness now everyone has orthorexia and they're all obsessed with doing spinning and they're all drinking green juice it's not that at all there are so many people that just live life in balance and just enjoy both sides um, and yeah, like I don't, I don't spin because I've got a problem. I spin because of how it makes me feel, and gen, like genuinely love helping other people achieve their best in themselves. So I think that's an interesting point there, which is so I completely related to what you were going to say because if you talk to me 
two years ago. So two years ago, I had a real problem with how I looked and what I ate. And that was because I had what I call like a boom or bust mentality, which mm -hmm. is all or nothing mm -hmm. all the time. So like, and if I was, you know, if I was doing the wrong thing, then I was a terrible, terrible person. And I just shouldn't, like, nobody should speak to me. I shouldn't be allowed out of the house. I was an awful person. And I only got, like, really dealt with that through a load of therapy and some very strange courses. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that really got me through it was yoga. And so yoga completely, totally and utterly changed my mindset about myself and about my body and what my body could do and what it was for. And so for me, there's something actually about teaching that mentality. So when I did my therapy, I did CBT, and I was like, why are we not teaching this mm -hmm. in schools? Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, so I don't know how you feel about it, Julie, but for me, like, that oh. mind connection piece is... I mean, for me, I... I my cardio for me is like I cycle around London. That's why I have purple shoes on because I actually forgot to pack my pair of nice heels. <laughs> but um, so that's kind of and it makes me feel good and it gets my endorphins up. Um, yoga does something completely different for me, a one hundred percent. Yoga for me, I can go to a class and I'm feeling okay, like I'm having an okay, and I can walk out of that class and I'm bawling my eyes out, but feeling great. And that's what you're going to see. I teach, you know, a really good example is on Sunday night, I teach about 80 people in a, in a class and it's every Sunday night and, and they're mostly regulars. And they, I can pretty much say that 98% of the people who are coming to that class are there. And it is hard. It is vinyasa flow. It is sweating. You are dripping, but they are coming there because I can see in Shavasana about a quarter of that class is crying their eyes out when we're in Shavasana because yoga does, you in order to, I always say yoga is so much more than just the poses. In order to stay in the poses, you have to get out of your head and get out of that ex external world. You have to totally focus on your breath and stay in the present moment. You're opening up hips, you're opening up back, you're opening up emotions, you are releasing blocked emotions. For me, I, for me, I and mean, that is part of my story. The reason I found yoga is my husband was so sick. I was at home with four kids and I went to a yoga class and I was like, oh my God, I actually like myself after I went to, and my whole ethos around and my philosophy around yoga, what I say to people when they ask me, why do you teach yoga? And I give them the line that I've been saying for almost nine years now is because I never want anybody to feel as bad about themselves as I felt about myself before. And that is 100% why I teach yoga. Do you think part of the challenge that we have though when we get involved in something is we automatically move to the end result. So I love yoga, but then I became obsessed. Someone said, you know, if your hips don't open, it's because of this. And then I became obsessed with my hips opening. Um, so it, or, or with spinning or whatever it is, and you move to the, well, what do I want to happen? And you focus on that. What do I want to happen? That end bit, that end feeling or experience and therefore it's really difficult when you're in the situation to not be thinking about the thing that's not happening based on your end visual end result <laughs> in, in the moment, moment yeah you, and that's part that's, of my challenge right that is part of the challenge and that's what I teach in my yoga classes constantly like do not look around you know when I'm teaching a class of 80 people and they're mat to mat 
you have different bodies all over the world. It is, or all over the room. It is very easy for somebody to look around and be like, oh my God, she's so much better than me at yoga. But I make sure that my class, it's like your body, your breath, and your mat. That is the most important thing. And what you do tonight, if you move a millimeter more in one of the yoga poses, for me, that's about, you've just opened up a little bit more in your body and you've got the breath into that little place and that is huge. And that's what I try to get across to people. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I think there's also something, isn't there, about, and within that whole piece about actually our willingness to fail at stuff and how as humans we don't want to fail. We want to be perfect, we want to be right, we want to be great at everything. And actually, I did um, I did a whole TED Talk, people, it's online, go Google it, um, about the joy of being really, really bad at yoga because it gave me a space to fail. And I think that's what we need to start teaching people. Uh, sorry, more questions. If you've got a question, if you can. Oh, okay. She was nodding, she was just So I have two questions. Uh, my first question is, what do you think is the next big trend, or will be the next big trends in health and wellness and fitness? Two years ago, I couldn't look on Facebook without everybody posting that they just ate and made gluten-free muffins. So it's great, but I don't need to know that every time you eat something gluten-free, that it's gluten-free. But it's still great to know because it's spreading the fact that gluten-free is good for your body. What do you think are the next big trends um, in health, wellness, and fitness? And then my other question is just around how to get access to things like yoga and chocolate loves you back and boom cycle. These are all great things that we're privileged to have access to as people that live in nice metropolitan cities. Even in smaller towns, you know, middle class to upper class people, we all have access to them. How, what can we do, I guess, as a community to try to get, provide them for people in some of the poorer parts of the world? I actually think that your two questions work quite well together because I Good. think that yeah. <laughs> as, as <laughs> that start to get sort of bigger and the wellness industry starts to get more sort of everybody's involved in it, um, it will open the doors for it not being so expensive and unattainable mm. for a lot of people. Um, it's only the way it is at the moment because it is so niche and it is so contained and I, I really hope that the, the bigger it gets and the more people get involved it just kind of opens the door for so many more people to be involved in it and the cost to come down and everybody to be able to kind of access exactly what they want to be able to access. Um, I actually think one of the next biggest things to hit London and the UK is meditation. Good news. Purely because I think Trends tend to come over from the US and Australia, and they are big trends over there. And people, the more and more events I go to, the more meditation side of things people are focusing on. And it all goes back to the, the self-belief and the self-worth of feeling great. And you don't have to do a punishing workout just to make yourself feel like, yeah, I'm champion. Like, actually, you can get that from just taking a moment out of your day just to, just to be thankful for something making things more accessible. I I think we've grown very much in this recently. Things like YouTube, for example, I think is a great platform for people like instructors like yourself to, to demonstrate what you can do and make it widely available. Um, I regularly do yoga online through um, a very good friend of mine, Kat Methan. She does amazing yoga videos. They're like 15 minutes long. Uh, it doesn't take hardly any time out of my day. Uh, there's also uh, membership schemes like ClassPass um, that make boutique fitness because I totally understand that 16 to 25 pounds a class for one class is just mm -hmm. ridiculous to some people. Things like ClassPass are making it very accessible so you pay the one-off fee and you can have the best of both worlds basically. Go to a little bit of everything. 
um, and also pop-up events like Boom Cycle. What we love to do is actually support charities and various other organisations by just popping up and giving people the chance to experience what we have to offer. Um, and we did something very similar to that in um, over the summer. We collaborated with Santander and did pop-up spinning on forest bikes. It's very hard. <laughs> Teaching it's yeah. a very hard thing. Um, but we, we popped up various places like Tower Bridge and we actually offered for um, people to sign up free. And we actually drew out of a hat who could come. It gave the opportunity for lots of people to experience something that they would never do in their lifetime. They're doing virtual reality meditation now. I mean, talk about privilege, but that's another <laughs> I didn't know that meditation wasn't big over here. Yeah, because I thought they were doing yeah. it in school. They do mindfulness, don't they? Do mindfulness, mindfulness is big. Well, so, is that not um, the same? Someone that was talking that about New York, I don't know, was it the path that you went to? Uh, no, it was mindful. No, okay. So it, they're uh, similar probably, but the, the path to in New York City was launched about a year and a half ago um, by a woman named Dina Kaplan, and it is for... Um, it's a lot of entrepreneurs, and so what happens is after the meditation, everybody ends up networking and talking business and doing deals. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very prevalent over LA and New York. The other thing, we had that uh, speaker, Leanne Roberts, at a Flock talk, and she mixes tech. She's a personal trainer, so she does a DNA test so she can um, track your vitamin deficiencies, your thyroid, your blood type, whether you're sensitive to carbohydrates. And then she also, she has wearable tech, so she had this ring that tracked her... Like, but not just like movements, like some of these Fitbits, this actually was telling her whether she was fatigued and what sort of exercise she should do. So it was a lot more like granular and really, really getting like scientific. So really personalized. Yeah. Apple have also just launched a new app called Breathe, um, which is part of their, the second launch of the Apple Watch. And basically it's an app that vibrates on your wrist tells you when to inhale and exhale so you, I think you inhale for like <laughs> 10 seconds and then exhale but for me like I don't ever take a minute in the day just to sit and be like okay just calm down I tried it the other day I went I actually went to have a shower after my class at Boom Cycle and I was like you know what I'm gonna give this a go sat on the floor if anyone in the shower me. yeah in the cubicle if anyone saw me they'd be like who is this <laughs> but I was like okay I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued and it was like three minutes and afterwards, I was just like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Like, I feel like I can actually get out of the shower and do some work, whereas before I had such, like, a fuzzy head. And I think it goes back to that wearable tech thing that more and more people yeah. are. I think, I, my personally, I think breathing is the next big thing. I have a yeah. friend, Michael. <laughs> Michael James, I, Michael James Wong is, is a brilliant yoga instructor and friend of mine, and he's set up a free thing, and it's huge. I think the last one they had is once a month. 500 people um it's called just breathe london you can follow them on instagram but i truly i think he's a wonderful person and he um is setting up a free donation and it's people come in and they breathe and basically there's an i can't remember his name exactly but he was in the harvard business review and when we get stressed out we release cortisol right and most of us probably in this room living in london are stressed out more than we're not stressed out, which means that we have a lot of cortisol in our bloodstream. And um, the chat from the Harvard Business Review, I just read it, says that basically one minute of breathing for your body rather than your body always breathing for you, one minute helps to clear your bloodstream from that cortisol. So that's a huge thing to do. So I am a massive breather. I cycle everywhere and I breathe in for four and out for six everywhere I go. Yeah. yeah. I, hopefully I breathe more for my body than my body breathes for me. That's my goal every day. Just, has anyone ever noticed when you're stressed or doing something that you've actually stopped breathing for a bit, for a period yeah, of time? Totally. And I think that, going back to your yeah. point, I think breathing is the next 
big thing or being conscious yeah. of your breath because it's something we take for granted but can heal so, so much yeah. and not just the actual practice of breathing but actually going somewhere to breathe fresh mm-hmm. air mm-hmm. non-city construction Recycles. dust you know yeah. actual fresh air mm-hmm. and learning to to kind of do it as a daily practice mm-hmm. as well versus just going to a class and thinking, oh, I better breathe properly because mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. And actually learning to kind of go, oh, okay, I, I've caught myself, I'm not breathing properly. Mm-hmm. And you start to make it sort of more of a habit. I think. Love, breathing is the next big thing. You heard it. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I've kind of changed my question now because you kind of touched on that. <laughs> I've got another one about like burnout. So, you know, we talked a lot about sort of food, meditation, exercise, but what about, you know, burnout? What kind of sort of tips and, and sort of tricks would you recommend in terms of if you're feeling, you know, burnt out? Because sometimes you don't even have the energy to even go to a yoga class or think about what foods to eat. So I'm just quite interested to kind of see what your thoughts are about sort of how can we kind of, what can we do when we're burnt out? What's the kind of like the first thing? Sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But if you can't, if you can't, some people... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I have a bad insomnia so even when I know I need to sleep even if I'm burnt out I can't sleep therefore I have no energy to go to like a yoga class I can't think about what to eat so I end up at McDonald's um, so all of those things like what if you really can't even sleep like what I've got a hypnotherapist for that breathe. Uh, breathe in an yeah. Epsom salt bath with candles I mean you want what you want basically is you want something to calm your central nervous system. So when you can't sleep, you're usually in fight or flight and freeze, which is your sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. You need to get your body before you go to sleep back down to parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. And the way to do that is to basically take a bath, get get technology out, absolutely. Do breathing exercises in the bath, darken everything. So when we shut the lights off, and that's why... When we close our eyes, automatically when we close our eyes, it helps to calm the central nervous system. So whenever you have to make a big decision, to one thing that you do right is you probably close your eyes because you have to think about it. The thing you do wrong is you hold your breath. If we were to close our eyes, think, breathe, we would then calm the central nervous system and we would then go back into that parasympathetic nervous system. So think of it that way as maybe you're like, I can't sleep, but what can I do leading up to my sleep that can help me go back into rest and digest. And if it's a problem, I had insomnia and I saw a hypnotherapist and two sessions sorted out. Um, I'm just aware on time. Any other questions? Um, okay, so we're going to round up and I think, but um, we're going to ask little final thoughts from our panellists. Uh, we call this the Badass Women's Hour because we like to have a bit of attitude and we like to leave here with a bit of attitude and we <coughs> like to leave you with a bit of attitude for stuff that you should be doing in the coming week, days, weeks, months. Um, so we always ask our panel to come up with one thing they think you guys should be doing to be truly badass in the coming days. Um, Chelsea, we're going to start with you. What, what are you living with tonight? Um, I have been really trying hard lately to focus on being present because there is so much going on at the moment in my life that I'm kind of always thinking about the ahead and getting myself stressed and anxious. So I'm kind of really trying a practice of actually kind of going, well, I can't control it, so I'm just going to live in the day and right now and deal with whatever's going on. So I guess that would be my, my kind of encouragement and challenge to you guys is to try and spend the next week being really present in every day. Uh, mine's going to be do one thing this week that scares me. So I always find that stepping outside, as much as you really hate doing it, stepping outside of your comfort zone is actually when brilliant things happen. 
I went co-steering last weekend, which I don't recommend to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Basically jumping off the side of cliffs into stone-cold water in the Isle of Man. Um, but it was actually, I had the fear of life jumping off of the rock that we were dropping off. It actually wasn't even that high. But the moment when I touched that water, I was like, oh my God, I actually did it. It made me feel amazing. So if I, yeah, do something that makes you feel doesn't have to be a near-death experience. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> doesn't have to be a vulva wetsuit. But... Um, uh, so mine isn't quite related to health and fitness, but I think if you do this, it will make you feel just a lot more happier, and that is to not negotiate mm-hmm. um, with clients. So when clients try and beat you down on price, know your worth, mm. and uh, that's the price, don't negotiate. It comes from a conversation Vanessa Good. and I are having earlier. <laughs> My biggest thing for me... Uh, And it really stems back to when my husband was sick and I was at home with four small children, um, was taking care of myself. So any of you who know me, I have a wellness membership site called Truly Julie and my, and it's called small moments of self care. So my biggest advice is, or takeaway really is to do one thing every single day that is a small moment of self care. So you can't get to that yoga class or that spin cycle class. Who cares? What are you doing, whether you're breathing for a minute, where you're buying, whether you're buying a green juice, whether you're meditating for three minutes, see if you can incorporate every single day one small moment of self-care. Mm-hmm. And that shameless, shameless plug, uh, I would say it's come to the badass principle tomorrow at either 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., or 8 p.m. here. And anyone in this room, if they want to come, if you tell me, uh, I will put your name down. Or come along when we, we roll out the classes uh, in November for those moments of peace, breathing. There's a lot of breathing in and out stuff. Uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> Um, and so I'm going to end in the way that I always end which is by saying my thing to be truly badass this week is actually to express a bit of gratitude mm. and to write it down and to send it to someone, someone to whom you're grateful and want to thank. Mm-hmm. Write them a letter this week and send it because A, the post office needs you. And um, B, we don't do it enough and it actually makes everyone involved feel wonderful. And on that note, I'm going to show a bit of gratitude now. So I would like to show, um, first of all, a massive round of applause and thank you to the fabulous W Hotel London for having us in this thing. Love you, thank you. And um, another huge round of applause for our wonderful panel for giving up their evening. And finally, a massive thank you to you for turning up. We love you for doing that. And thank you. Come to our next session last Tuesday of every month. We have a podcast. You can download it if you've missed any and you want to hear more. And um, just a really big thank you. We have some goodie bags, so make sure you get one on your way out. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.